0: Hi! Welcome to Books and Broomsticks. I'm Chaotic Wichat. I'm Matt Hatter-Plays. And today we have a very special guest with us, Amy Blackthorn. Hi, Amy! Hi! Oh my goodness, I'm so excited to be here! We're so excited to have you. We just went on a whole 10-minute tangent about rosemary. It's perfect! And tea. It really does. All the best things. It is all the best things. It's so nice. (laughs) (laughs) Um... To start us off uh Amy where can we find you who who are you if there's anyone in this witchy world that doesn't know who Amy Blackthorn is who are you?
1: So I have been teaching uh internationally now Uh, I've been teaching since 1999 I am a person who really fell in love with the magic of plants at a very very young age um probably about third grade I realized that plants make flowers that become seeds and just like my whole brain opened up and (laughs) the world brushed in. And so I've been trying to figure it out ever since. And so I'm just someone who is lucky enough to be able to talk about the things that I love with people like you. Uh, I have written Blackthorn's Botanical Magic, um, Sacred Smoke, which gives us the ability to create our very own smoke cleansing practice without appropriating from other cultures. Um, Botanical Brews came out in October, 2020, my goodness. (laughs) And then last, earlier this week, we have Blackbird Protection Magic came out. I'm very, very excited for this to be released into the world. Uh, I should say unleashed because (laughs) chapter six is all about the real world application of protection work. My favorite thing in the world. uh, Yes. I, I got my black belt at when I turned 21. And I have been working with individuals and groups ever since to teach the self-defense. I offer free classes for um, victims of domestic violence and people who have active protection orders. And uh, I volunteer my time with uh, domestic violence escorts for people who need some support and, and some concern uh, for their security when they're going into court for those same orders. So I get to, I get to go do all fun things. I have a tea shop on the side, um, Blackthorns Botanicals. Uh, I started just because the, the things that I wanted and the things I needed from magic, I wasn't finding in other places. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if most witchy shops, if you found they had a tea, it was just a, a clear baggie stapled to some dusty postcards with some questionable ingredients mm-hmm. <laughs> and there was nothing really witchy available. And so I created teas that were based on different formulas I was finding, translating them into actual drinkable materials so things like steel wool and iron shavings that no one no one should ever drink or imbibe, I got to turn those into real magical spells that you can drink.
2: That's so cool. Does the
0: world know you're a badass? Just a question. <laughs>
1: we're we're working on it. <laughs> okay,
0: I'm just I love sitting here so like, much. oh my god.
1: <laughs> when they read protection magic, they will they will absolutely figure it out. Hell, yeah. <laughs> I was super excited because I was just looking to write a protection magic book. Mm -hmm. I'm so used to have to divide my security life from my witchy life. I've been in executive protection for 15 years. I've been doing this all over the world. And the things that I learned and I take for granted were things that the witchcraft community needs because one, it's very hard to be a witch. Two, it can be dangerous to be a witch depending on where you live, mm-hmm. where you practice, where you're going. It can be very dangerous. I have I've had people show up at my house, uh, threaten to kill my pets and burn my house down. I had I've had someone run me off the road into oncoming traffic because I had a witchy bumper sticker on my car. It is not, it's it seems fun and easy when you get to post pictures online where people who understand and accept us. But for, I live in a blue state and still have this stuff happen. I can't imagine how terrifying it can be for someone who lives in a Bible Belt, for example. Mm -hmm. Wow, yeah,
2: Yeah. I can imagine that's, that is intense. So I'm very excited that your book's going to be all about protection and practical. (laughs) I, I love the uh, actual practicable things that you can put into your life. I feel like that's a forgotten art in the
1: uh, witchcraft spaces. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm a double Virgo. So practical is just like tattooed on my forehead.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Excellent.
0: <laughs> I am. I am. I'm a very soft spot for Virgos in my heart. And everyone is always like, I feel like Virgos. And I'm like, have you seen them? They're going to like tell you how to fix your problems without you even knowing there is a problem and you're just like wow (laughs) and they're also very organized which i love because i'm like you have a you you, even if it's messy you know where everything is i'm the same type of person (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i mean we're gonna get into uh the term, I guess, botanical magic is what I wrote down. And we see it a lot. We see like botanical brews on your books. Botanical magic is another title of your book. What does it mean? What is botanical magic?
1: Understanding the link between the natural world of plants and the experience of magic. We work When we work in concert with the plants that are around, the plants that are not just available to us, but that are reaching out for that connection with us, it can be so hard to really pinpoint what we're doing and why. Because we live in this very modern world where we're scrolling through our phones 12 hours a day or on computers, on Zoom classes, but outside still exists. (laughs) If you think back to the first week in April in 2020 and everyone had been inside for a couple of weeks, people started noticing. They're like, oh my God, there's so many birds. There's so many bees. There's so many, like these things have always been there you just took some time out of your life and started noticing that they were there. It's not that they went anywhere. It's that you gave yourself permission to have that connection, to experience what they had to offer. Just walking out your front door. Even I I grew up in Baltimore city. There's maybe one tree per block and getting to the point where you're like understanding the connection that can be available. Even in concrete spaces, Mm -hmm. there's dandelions growing in between the sidewalks. There's little tufts of grass. I've seen, a, a green pepper plant growing in the side of a brick wall because it just had that much tenacity. That's what I want to embody. That's the tenacity Amazing. that we need. Mm-hmm.
0: Tag yourself on the green pepper plant. Um, <laughs> yes. I feel like Matt is the dandelion.
2: I, I yeah, I refuse to not be where I'm. Uh, where I go where I please. Thank you. There you go.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I feel like in terms of Online, you know, when we see online witchcraft spaces, when we see, I'm also putting lotion on my hands, so don't mind me. Um, This Mm -hmm. is a full little, little, probably a little botanical potion. Not gonna lie. It's got jojoba, cocoa butter, beeswax, arnica, chamomile, rose, St. John's wort, hops, essential oils of clary sage, lavender, rose cardamom, vanilla bean, and hemp extract.
1: Oh, that sounds yum. It
0: is made intentionally with the cycles of the moon. Yes, because that clarity sage will also
1: help with hormonal
0: balancing. Oh, yeah, it's my favorite. It's actually uh, it's for your little it's like for menstrual cramps. So you can put it on. It's it's magic. Okay, I was asking a question and then you I, know what, I, I, what
2: right. my favorite part about clary sage is it's not white sage so it's available for anybody! <laughs>
0: <laughs> clary sage also, if you get good garden sage, delicious in food.
1: Mm-hmm. You know oh, how yeah. to use
0: it. That's well, the thing, the salvia family,
1: just the sages, just the salvia part of that family, there's 843 different varieties, different genera in mm-hmm. that family Like there's so much, so many more things that are reaching out to be useful and to be connected with that you don't need to take from other people. There's 842 other ones you could use. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) Very often Matt and I have the conversation around, well, white sage grows in a very specific area, like very small area, Mm -hmm. I think in California and maybe a little outside of California. Whereas if you're European, I'm Italian American or you're from Canada, or like anywhere that your ancestors were from, you're probably going to have a different type of sage
1: that's mm-hmm. there
0: that probably is not endangered. Probably your ancestors were using and was sacred to them. So I'm always like, why why white sage? Mountain sage is right there. Right? Desert sage,
2: mountain sage, hummingbird sage. You name it, it exists. Yeah, there's uh, hummingbird sage. Hummingbird
1: sages are one of my favorite. They get long spikes of little tiny fairy things and hummingbirds go nuts over them. It's an it's an annual in this in I'm in stone 7A. So it's an annual here, but they they flock to it. It's beautiful. They come in a ton of different colors, corals and reds and purples and greens and oh. Yeah,
2: and they grow like <laughs> crazy and they are sweet smoke. So that mm-hmm. smoke isn't like really really pungent, which is another thing that I've never understood. Everyone says witchcraft smells like white sage burning. I'm like, "You mean weed?" You mean it smells like really? skunk? <laughs> like, I
0: It does. Well, a actually, witchcraft doesn't, way. but that's
1: what it does smell like. A little, <laughs> <Yes>. little <laughs> goes work- a very long way. Have you checked out, have you worked with uh, Salvia lacantha? It's a, it's a bush sage. It's got really sharp pointy arrowhead leaves that are probably a foot long. And then they get, it's lambs, it's softer than lambs wool and it gets these big spikes of again lamb's wool soft spires of white and purple flowers and it's got this warmer spicier scent than like a white sage or the big traditional garden sage it's a little spicier and it's sweet and it's not cloying and did I tell you that it's lamb's
2: wool soft (laughs) (laughs) amazing I love that um you're gonna have to unfortunately use some uh common names because uh for me my botanical latin
1: is the worst i'm trying i'm just real bad at it <laughs> that's okay every the, with as far as that goes it's all practice mm-hmm. i i actually teach a class on deciphering the scientific names so you can figure out what the magical properties of our plant just by its name and because you're not going to find salvia lecantha in a witchy book you're not going to find
0: yeah. you know these other
1: really fantastic plants that are esoteric <laughs> because people in the 13 to 1400s sitting down writing out correspondences they didn't have these regular plants laying around that we have available to us now in our global economy mm-hmm.
0: yeah
2: but uh, it's not just uh tea and it's not just smoke you i mean you're kind of the know-all about where plants are all of their different varieties and where they're put into um, so it's oils, salves, and yada, yada, yada. Um, what are some of your favorite forms of herbal workings?
1: Oh my goodness. Uh, I feel like I'm picking a favorite child, so, so bear with me. <laughs> it's really great because when I look at the way that we have access to materials, the materials that we have available to us today, even 20 years ago when I, a little bit more, plus or minus. When I started with the witchcraft, it's the stuff that we have available to us is incredible. I I have my desk set up as a perfume organ from when I started writing Botanical Magic. So each brand is separated into its different shelf and they're all alphabetized Virgo. Uh, but I, I couldn't imagine having this amount of access to essential oils, absolutes and other materials 20 years ago. So every, I can't pick just one. So if we're talking essential oils or absolutes, uh, my favorite is Oak Moss. It smells like leather and violets. Uh-huh. And I love that. <laughs> it's used in a lot of uh, botanical skincare lines as a as a stand-in for synthetic leather cement, scent. <laughs> that's cement now. That's it. Yeah. We're that cementing smells. it in. Uh, I actually liked it so much, I created a hex shattering perfume that uses it as the base because Oak Moss is hex breaking. That's so cool. Fantastic. Oh um, so if it was teas, oh God, the whole line of what we create now as members of the tea family, Tissane's teas, all these sorts of things. I really love what we're doing with Rubus and Honeybush as bases mm-hmm. because not only is it really incredible to have access to it, but it makes a nice warm, clean palate that doesn't have caffeine. So it's available to a lot more people. Yeah, Lots of antioxidants. So it'll help your hair and your nails grow, helps keep those fabulous free radicals from causing things like cancer. So Mm -hmm. it's a great base and you can do literally anything with it. The hardest part is just finding a company that doesn't artificially sweeten it before they give it to you. Mm -hmm. Because the one, I I want to sweeten my own things, but it can give a very weird aftertaste depending on which sweetener they use. So finding a nice blank canvas is a great place to start. Mm -hmm. But I'll tell you what, when I was writing uh, Blackthorn's Botanical Brews, I went off on a tangent. (laughs) And there are so many herbs and botanicals within Absinthe that I wrote probably a quarter of the book on botanicals within the absence (laughs) I just went off on a tangent like here's 5,000 words on doing magic with absence you don't even have to drink it just pour it on you
2: (laughs) so funny enough um when I did buy that I loved that part of the book so much because uh absence was something that uh for a long time I loved the history and the artistry behind it so I was like oh my god somebody gets me I actually (laughs) bought it because it was green on the front and I was like oh my god maybe there will finally be something with absinthe in there because it's not used a lot anymore like a lot of people don't include it in their brews or in their practice
1: and I'm like but it's so good (laughs) (laughs) the reason for that most people don't they don't have the experience with it, which is because it was banned in the United States for 92 years. Mm-hmm. In 2010, it finally, they returned, they they turned over this ban on it. So what you could find on the shelf was just wormwood flavored liqueur. It wasn't actually absinthe mm-hmm. because uh, the thujone content in the drink itself, it wasn't allowed in the U.S. So in 2010, when that was, re- when it was turned over, um, View Carre Absinthe out of Philadelphia was the very first company to get that. Um, authorized to make it and it's so beautiful instead of I have some really lovely stuff from the Czech Republic that's made with distilled wine as the base it's 185 proof holy god
2: amazing
0: 185 um, proof yeah yes. you're gonna
2: take a shot and you're gonna take a nap
1: <laughs> <laughs> it'll be a pink oh. elephant nap but it'll be a nap mm-hmm. um, <laughs> so when View said okay we're gonna we're gonna do this they made it It's so lovely. It's got a sweet tea finish. Mm. After you swallow, you exhale out through your nose and you get this beautiful sweet tea in the back of your mouth. That just says, hey, this is really nice.
0: We can do this again sometime. I had gorgeous. No clue that absinthe was so magical, spiritual, artistic, all in one. I just, all I've known about absinthe is that it caused, I guess, hallucinations. And I knew Wormwood, I believe Wormwood was, is the base. And that's why I knew that it had some, I guess, psychoactive effects. But when we say psychoactive effects, they really mean like, you're just a little loopy, I think is what it is. So
2: it ended up being mostly that that was just BS, first off, and second off, a lot of what was happening were artists that were drinking it because it was super cheap. Were also dipping like their lead into like different thinners.
0: Oh, sweet Sometimes Jesus. it would they be they were brewing their in absence. lead
1: bathtubs. Yeah,
2: yeah, so they were brewing the stuff in lead while also like licking lead paint off of their paint tips. So it wasn't wormwood it was lead. <laughs> Before I stopped drinking, I was uh, really, really into learning about spirits because while well, we use it so often in our practices, mm-hmm. um, which is actually something you were kind of talking about, Amy, is that uh, there are so many new and available things now. I could see that where that gets really overwhelming for a lot of people. So what is uh, the most important things when approaching this type of spell work?
1: When we look at just the essence of a plant. So the soul of where that plant is comes from. I like to picture the uh, the mother of peppermint or the, the mother of frankincense, this overarching spirit that that embodies the practice of the entire plant. So when you're making mint tea out of the stuff in your garden, that plant material will be worked into your tea and you can compost it later. So that physical material goes away. But the spirit of peppermint doesn't. The spirit of this entire group of plants is still available to reach within us, to connect with us. So, if you have a peppermint essential oil that you're diffusing in your bedroom, or you have some peppermint tea that you've now made to calm yourself after a really stressful day, you can always connect with those plant spirits without having any plant material physically at hand. Mm-hmm. You can go to Google Images and pull up a a picture of some peppermint and really connect with that thing. You don't actually have to have any of it material-wise in hand because we're talking about connecting with the plant allies themselves, not necessarily the the piece of leaf that you're holding in your hand, Mm -hmm. because that can go away. That is impermeable. That's I mean that's it's not fixed. It's going to degrade at some point. You need the overarching connection of that spirit that overrules over the entire group. So if you want to work with white sage, how about connecting with the, the spirit of white sage and saying like, I appreciate what you bring to the world. You don't need to take indigenous practices away from those people. You can say, hey, like high five, you do a great job. I'll be over here finding something that that works with what I'm doing.
0: Yeah, I love that. Um, I guess my question is, is and this is, um so we're very big on animism in this podcast we talk about it a lot we love our herbal and plant allies we love it so much um when we kind of talk about botanical magic when we talk about plant magic do you feel like it's an imperative kind of animism is an imperative part of that when working with plants
1: I think it's a natural outgrowth of that work so sort of backwards no matter Mm -hmm. where you start you get to understand and appreciate what the plant world has to offer us. So for example, uh, in Greenwich Craft, we talk a lot about proximity. So if I have a question, I walk out my front door and I go for a walk. I'm going to take note of the plants that I see on my journey and figure out what those messages are Mm -hmm. based on how close they are to my front door. So if if something growing in the sidewalk in front of my house, it's going to have more impact than something maybe a mile away. As, an, as a, it's a great oracle, especially when you're problem solving. Mm-hmm. So
2: I this had. So interesting. And I'm sorry to interrupt, but you're <laughs> talking funny. about literally something that um, was being chatted about by other Indigenous people. Um, this is literally the Indigenous way of knowing is that plants grow where they're needed. So I just didn't realize that it was finally going towards other people to finally kind of figure it out. Because it's like, uh, so I'm just fascinated. I'm so sorry. I keep going. It's okay.
1: So I was doing a weed walk uh, around the around the property. Every full moon, ever, every so often, I do a lap around the property line. So there's one and a third acres. And I back up to a nature preserve. So I always walk the, the property, make sure everything's cool, reinforce words, pour out offerings, you know, say thanks. And I noticed from one minute to the next week's days, there was a line of poke had propped up against the back fence. Just, and it's in the shade. It's, it's not something that should be there. It shouldn't be thriving because it's kind of dark back there. Hmm. And it's just a line up along the fence. And I'm going, okay, well, it's in the backyard. Poke is poisonous, so it's a protective plant. So what do I need protection from that I can't see because it's behind me? And so I started going through my my daily life trying to figure out like, where is the thing? What's up? What's upsetting the balance here? And I found out that I had a stalker. Um, this was a very, very dangerous person who had been incarcerated for the same crimes for 12 years, which it's difficult to, to do any time for certain crimes. Um, so the fact that he had done 12 years was terrifying mm-hmm. um, and and had was attempting to execute a plan of his. Um, unfortunately, we had to get law enforcement involved and protection orders and all those uh, paperwork-oriented things. But I I might not be here if Polk hadn't said, hey, look, there's something hanky going on. You need to tighten your stuff up. Like, mm-hmm. go look and figure out what's going on here. And if it hadn't been for Polk, I, don't, I might not be here. That's amazing.
0: I, I love plants. I love so the brand. I, I was talking with my mom in the car about how both of us have had just conversations about how nature always tells us what is needed and it always shows us the way and we part of that is like both sides of my family were farmers. They were outside all the time. They had this connection to the earth that this connection to the earth that we have semi lost as we kind of came down the generations. Both me and my mom noticed it again this kind of like, well, the plants always tell us what's going, like something, something always happens. It was just, it's so interesting that when you pay attention and make space for it, how willing nature is to be a teacher and how willing plants are to be a teacher.
2: Yeah, all you
1: got to do is actually pay attention. Understanding of the way that plants can offer us materials as well as their knowledge and understanding is so important. Mm-hmm. There's a a book that came out in the 70s. This it was a cooperative farm in the upstate New York uh, called The Findhorn Garden. They produced a book based on their their group's cooperative experience. And it's so neat because they they had a similar idea where they were talking to the overarching spirit of explant or or material. And so they, they do an experiment where they say, okay, here is a plot of garden. We need to till this plot of garden. We don't want to hurt any of the worms in the dirt that might hurt our, the produce that's coming out of the garden. So they're like, okay, sat and connected with the, the spirit of the earthworm that they were had in their specific area and said, look, like when the sun gets to this point, we're going to be digging in here. So if you guys could go over there, that'd be cool. We'll be on this side and everybody, everybody gets to go through, go home today. And the ability they had to make that connection, they wait a half an hour or so and they start digging and they can't find any worms. Now the other half of the garden is still full of worms. So -hmm. they can go and they do their digging and they were able to propagate and everything was great. But when people start understanding that we can connect with more than just people on the other side of the planet, Mm -hmm. you connect with spirits that are right in your own backyard. Mm -hmm. It just takes the time to understand and develop those connections and give yourself permission. I mean, if we don't give ourselves permission to be wrong or to look silly or to like, where does your technology evolve from there? Your magic just sits and stagnates on a
0: shelf. I have accepted that I do look very silly talking to Pothos every day, but she does listen to me about my problems. And so does aloe vera. And those are just my house houseplants. And then I walk <laughs> outside and I'm like, Hey, Yuka, Hey magpie. I say hello to every single creature on the walk. I'm like, hey everyone good morning um sorry i talked to the peridot like it's just you look and if someone walks past me they're gonna hear me talking to a plant but i hit (laughs) the point where i'm like i don't really care i want to say good morning i think everyone should get to that point of we look (laughs) a little stupid a little crazy but we love it and it's useful
2: it's one of my most favorite parts of watching people uh decolonize or stop using a colonial mindset a western uh conceptualism because they're always you must be quiet you can only talk to other people and then the second you start getting into more of a like your origins you start going back to your nature and it's like nah these are are just as important as you bro like that's why i talked to my dog literally going hey why do you want my pretzels they're my pretzels (laughs) and we have full-on arguments and it's it seems one-sided but hey she's yelling at me back like i promise she is y'all just can't hear her
0: (laughs) i think the world would be consistently a better place if we considered the kind of empathy that we give to other humans or the empathy that some people give to other humans and give that empathy to plants and animals and dead things and birds and all these kinds of things. And I say dead things because I work with a lot of animal spirits. There's a level of respect when kind of moving into, as Matt said, decolonizing and moving away from the colonial mindset that, I think everyone should have and it's really important and it's also really great because then suddenly you're outside and you're like this plant is talking to me like <laughs> what um but yeah I mean I'm I'm also just kind of like fangirling a little bit, just a smidge. Uh-huh, I know it's uh-huh, been 30 uh-huh. minutes. I'm still fangirling. Oh,
2: um, <laughs> what do you mean?
0: <laughs> I sent the picture of being really I go, she knows who
2: I am. I was also in the background panicking going, she's gonna talk to us. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: my little, my little leg like, geek out for this episode. I always have a little one. Sometimes someone's talking and I go, I think I'm in love with you. And they're like, what? And I'm like, I can listen to you talk all day. Like, please keep going.
2: We can keep it platonic, I promise. To platonic,
0: <laughs> Just platonic love for other authors and creators. It's a very real, very much there. Um, But yeah, I know we talked a little bit of favorite forms of herbs, conversations about botanical magic, herbalism, animism, et cetera. But I do wanna like touch base on herbal allies and plant allies. And I guess the best way to connect with them. And I guess the question that I know Matt and I get a lot is how do I find them? How do I connect with them? And my answer is always, they'll find you. Like just give it it some time. They'll make their way to finding you. But I would, I would like other opinions, I think, as well on how to connect with them.
1: I think it's part that we are waiting for this big, dramatic moment where Peppermint walks up and shakes your hand and say, hi, I'm Peppermint. Darn glad to meet you. Like, let's do a thing. And they they discount the everyday occurrences that are already happening because mm-hmm. it's not magical enough. It's not spectacular enough. Uh, the the foods that you're seasoning the plant our, our spices our herbs are right there in your spice cabinet waiting to to be remembered acknowledged and understood the the cinnamon that comes halfway across the world to be in your spice cabinet like that has meaning and we discount it because it's everyday we we spend a lot of time reading and hearing about these fantastical and amazing calls to action and the the world is going to end and you've got to say and we discount those little interactions because it's not it doesn't sound good on paper well you're 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 spicing your food with black peppercorns mm-hmm. that your ancestors would have killed for mm-hmm.
0: and so that's, that's just literally. the
1: first plant yeah. yes actually well, very literally <laughs> um i grow uh vitex agnes castus chase berry, in the in the front corner of my property it's it's my guardian plant it's connected mm-hmm. to Hera. she gets to let me know if there's anything that needs Doing physically on the property. Somebody comes, they're not supposed to be like, we get some, we get some watchdog guard vibes from this fabulous plant. It is uh, it's called chaste tree because monks or it's also called monks pepper, monks would grow it in the central garden within the monasteries and use it to season their food. It's got a peppery taste to it, and it was light years cheaper mm-hmm. than black peppercorns because they could grow it themselves. But they were under the impression that both spicing their food with the chase tree and they would actually take this beautiful wood. It's, it's nearly featureless, a lot like a holly. It's white and smooth, it's easy to carve. Mm-hmm. And they'd make the, the handles for their eating knives with it. And they thought that keeping it close to their body kept them chased as members of the clergy. What they did not understand at that point was that the monk's pepper that they're seizing their food with has a high estrogen content. So it's balancing for women who have uh, stopped menses and they were they were dosing themselves with estrogen. <laughs> and it's fantastic. That's I love that.
0: fucking amazing. So it works. <laughs> oh my, it works. It did indeed. It did do the, the what they thought it did. Just in a way they didn't expect. <laughs> oh man. It's, it's really
1: amusing because the plant itself looks like marijuana. The it's got the the, 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 the but, palmate yeah. leaves. And so uh when I, I had to with some law enforcement in the past We're standing in my driveway and uh and they keep glancing over their shoulder at this 13 foot tall bush that looks like pot and they're like giving each other a look and then looking back like yes i can see you <laughs> you were right in front of me it was hilarious
2: how many of them though did look at it and go do do we smoke it
1: i'm surprised i've never caught kids in the neighborhood like picking leaves off to try and smoke it. (laughs) Just be like, try
2: it, I guess. It's not gonna go the way you want it
0: to. (laughs) It's like, there's so many plants that look like other plants, and I think that's my favorite part. One of my favorite parts of learning is because Queen Anne's lace and hemlock, and then one other plant all look very, very similar. And because of that, you, you could go for a wild carrot and end up getting poisoned. So it's this weird thing where you have to find these little intricate details between the hemlock and the wild carrot that are very difficult to spot, but also very fun to learn because (laughs) you can just kind of stand a foot away and just stare at it and people are like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm trying to figure out if it's poisonous. Give me one hot second. Give me a second.
1: That's what happened to the colony of Jamestown in Virginia. Yeah. They ran out of they ran out of food. They're like, okay, we'll go get some wild, wild carrots to okay. dice our food. And they carrots. killed everyone. <laughs> well, the other part of
2: it is they grow pretty much right next to each other as well. Yeah.
0: They grow uh, in the same exact areas. So it's south. literally
2: like it could have been a wild carrot. Unfortunately, of the two things you picked wrong, you literally picked <laughs> the wrong plant right next to the correct one. Um, but it's also, it, it's kind of a bring back to uh, what feels like a lot of herbal allyship and animus in general. It's mindfulness. Um, it seems to be a forgotten practice in a lot of what we see in witches these days. Um, Is just, you need to be mindful and observant. And I feel like, I think... Amy's got a better idea about it than I do, because honestly, I'm working on it. I'm better (laughs) with animals. (laughs) I'm
0: better with animals too. I'm okay with plants, but it's that mindfulness too that a lot of people talk about foraging and going out there and I'm like, you need to be like, take some like very intense classes before you go pick up plants or same with mushrooms. Because if you touch the wrong one, you're dead. Like you die. Um, horribly, horribly horribly like no like and not in a pretty way it's not like you pass out like peacefully like snow white like it's like it'll hurt the whole
1: time you're dying
0: yeah so people are like i want to learn how to forage and i'm like go go talk to an herbalist please but also yes i do think mindfulness is something that amy probably has a better handle on than us <laughs> i'm great at books i'm just outside books, that i got yeah. nothing <laughs> mindfulness I can't even do my taxes. <laughs> Luckily
1: the one is not a prerequisite for the other because I would be out of luck. <laughs> taxes are I have a I have a person for that Let's just be over here. Yeah sign I just, check.
0: Uh, at this day and age when I was 16 I wanted a spell to help me be positive to get back on like at friends and now I'm like, mm, anyone have a spell to get an oil stain out of shirts? Like I-
2: Yes, Dawn.
0: <laughs> I was gonna say that, that's what everyone says is Dawn. I gotta go dump Dawn on this and like, I guess take a toothbrush and mm-hmm. scrub it.
2: So what I do wanna know though is what, um what was your moment where you wanted to be an author though mm-hmm. about these types of books?
1: Author in general, or just about these books?
2: It's I mean, two give me,
1: give me both. Like, I get
2: <laughs> to spend my time with you. I want all the time I can with you. <laughs> so, I, uh,
1: I wanted a book with my name on it since before I could write my own name. My, um, I, I went to I went, I went through something awful, and uh, my family did not have the access or the equity to be able to take me to therapy,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and so my mother's. Way around that was well. I'll check in with her. I'll get her. I'll get her. I'll get her diary, and tell her she can write her stuff down in her diary. And then like I'll peek over her shoulder just make sure she's okay. And it's like "Mm, that's not cool. Uh, Just just because you're a smaller person doesn't mean you don't deserve rights and respect and privacy and things like that. And so I had heard her saying this to my aunt, like okay, well I'll I'll show you. And I started writing stories in it instead of anything. Real, impressing. I, I made up entire worlds and put it in that diary, and that was the moment I'm like, "Hey, people actually do this! Like, I'm reading the Phantom Toll Booth. Somebody had to write in that, mm-hmm. and then somebody had to produce that out into the world. Like, I could do that. So I wanted a book with my name on it before I could even write my own name. Um, but when it came, when it comes to the books, oh my goodness, I uh, came out of the broom closet at 15 told my mother my stepdad like hey this is this is what i'm doing this is where i'm going i i worried and i angsted over it for months before i actually decided to do it i was really worried about okay are they going to hate me are they going to throw me out of the house are going to have a fit honestly no my mother's like oh okay well did you tell your dad and she sent me outside to tell my stepdad like oh hey i'm a witch and he looks up from he's building a trellis for a clematis he says oh i dated a witch in high school how was your day like this was not even a thing for them <laughs> so The minute I, it's funny because the book, the very first book was um, Cunningham's A Guide for a Solitary Practitioner. Mm -hmm. I had found it in my sister's book bag. And so I'm reading it by the the light of the gas station down the street, seeing, okay, what's it, what is this? And realizing that all the things I had thought and felt and and really had discerned about the world was right here in this book. And it wasn't the, the church, it wasn't this, it was just understanding and connection between your heart self and the, the pieces of yourself that you recognize out in the world, mm-hmm. And I'm like this is amazing. I want all of this. So then it became, you yeah, know, I'd really like to write some witchy books, yeah. and I was really uh, fortunate. I was really privileged to be able to spend some time writing for witchy magazines. I actually had a um, advice column for for witches in Thorn magazine in probably 2010, and was really fantastic it got my name out in some other circles and i was blogging all the time i was able to get some reposts from places like the witch's voice mm-hmm. on their facebook page and attract a readership so when i was visiting the bronx there was a fabulous store there uh, lady ria opened uh a number of years ago we were, she was having the Witches of Yule as a class. Mm -hmm. So Judica Isles, the author of 5,000 Spells and Encyclopedia of Spirits and Mystic Saints of Sages. Someone writes amazing, amazing books. We're, you know, we've been friends for 10 years at this point. And I said, oh, hey, like, let's, let's go. My friend, Natalie, who is the author of Color and Conjure and uh, Magical Destinations of the Northeast Mm -hmm. and a couple other titles, she said, well, we'll drive up and we'll go to the Bronx. We'll, we'll make a day of it during the intermission for this class because it was was supposed to be two hours and it wound up being probably five (laughs) because Lady Rhea is is amazing if you get a chance to meet her she wrote the um, Kindle Magic workbook and a couple other titles when you walk into the shop she hand you a glass of Prosecco and tell you like make yourself at home this is this is your home now she Mm -hmm. is a, a really lovely human and so Judica comes over to Natalie and I to say hi during the intermission she says Amy why, why haven't you written a book for us? I'm like, wait, who is us? What is, what is it? What is this us business? <laughs> she says, oh, I, I just got hired on at Wiser Books. So, um, I said, well, I, I actually am writing, um, working on a couple of books right now. I had just hadn't gotten anywhere permanent with it yet. She's like, no. Uh, she had me send her, tell her the elevator pitch for a couple of them and said, oh, send me that one. Writing a proposal is, terrifying. Oh, <laughs> I am like, horrifying. somebody, somebody's going to listen to something I have to say. Uh, Natalie, who is a goddess, uh, gave me all the materials that I needed to say, this is what you include in your proposal. This is how it gets worded. And I send it to Judica. And probably two weeks later, she's like, oh, hey, here's a contract for you. What? Wow. What? What is this life even? My 14-year-old self is doing backflips because yeah. I, I never thought that this would be as fortunate and beautiful as it has been because mm-hmm. I'm still in my head I'm still 15 years old and telling my parents like oh hey I'm a witch and and, and hoping that somebody doesn't hate me for it and there I really honestly think that somewhere in the back of my head there will always be that person mm-hmm. I, I hope there is anyway I mean I went to Blessed Be and Meet Me in DC in 2001 I think it was right on the mall in D.C. We had classes at the Roosevelt Memorial and a couple other places that were really politically impactful. Mm-hmm. And I met um, Phyllis Kirat right after Book of Shadows had come out. And so she's standing there. She's talking to people. She's being amazing. And she offered to take a picture with me. I still have this picture. I am bright red, beaming out of my ears that this amazing person is actually talking to me and knows who I am. I'm like, hey, hi, how are you doing? But yeah, that last seems familiar. year, <laughs> yeah, that's last yeah. year. I actually told her like this. This was a really impactful, and I still have that picture somewhere of getting to meet you and thank you for not just patting me on the head and telling me I'm you know too young to know what I'm doing and leave me alone. Because everybody gets that at that age, you know, no matter what you're interested in, there's going to be somebody that says, "Oh well, you're too young." No, she treated me like a person and nourished and. That little spark of myself that said, "Hey, you know, someday I'm gonna do this."
0: Yeah, I'm. Oh, so cool. I'm a little emotional now. <laughs> I think it's because I'm sleep deprived. I'm a little emotional. Cry like, that Let's like, go. Uh, no, I don't want to cry.
2: Thank
0: you, <laughs> I'll just go like stand outside in the sun and like wallow, like a. <laughs> oh, okay, perfect. Photosynthesize, <laughs> and then maybe I'll cry at some point. I mean, you need some chloroplast for that, but I don't think
2: uh, that's going to be in your future anytime soon. So, <laughs> uh,
0: But are there any, I guess, final thoughts or any other questions that anyone has or anything else that we wanted to talk about? Can anyway.
2: we find you on the internets? Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: Yes. I am all over the internets on uh, TikTok. It's Amy Blackthorn author, little underscores in in there. On Instagram, it's Amy Blackthorn author, all one word. Uh, I have a couple of Facebook pages one is my author page where you'll find the the first two chapters of each of my books for free download them and uh, i want you to know that you love it when you buy it i don't there should be no question here's the first two chapters mm-hmm. so you can find them on amyblackthorne.com they're all four books that are current mm-hmm. there are links to purchase them if you if you desire but i really want you to know the first the way that my the way that i talk about this thing appeals to you uh, i had a really amazing Review of Blackthorn's Protection Magic that called my my reading comfort food. Like, that is just the best compliment you can give. <laughs> so, um, AmyBlackthorn.com will have all of the different materials that you can find. And there's also a link to my tea shop, or you can find at Blackthorn'sBotanicals.com.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm, I'm all over the place. So, I do this because of that light bulb moment where you connect something I'm talking about to something that's going on in your life and the light bulb literally comes out over your head and your eyes light up. Like that's how I get paid. <laughs> yeah. I want to know that people are connected to what I'm talking about and it, it won't appeal to everybody. There's uh, there's a lot more complicated methods. There are a lot more involved um, viscerally, those bits and pieces. I just want you to know that what I'm doing appeals to you before you spend your heart on money. Money is money is hard. <laughs> so I want I want someone to know that everything that I'm doing is already where they want to be. I did think of one of the questions that we didn't answer. Yes. Yeah. I you and I went off on a tangent. we our rosemary tangent. Connecting our protection magic with our plant allies for the very new. One of the sections in protection magic talks about gardening. Specifically, the shapes of the materials that we're using. Mm-hmm. The 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 individual shapes, not not the bad using. How they can influence our magic so you're growing your protection magic as well as you're growing materials that can be used later in your protection magic Mm -hmm. and people say oh well i don't have a garden i don't have i don't have a yard i don't have actually there's an entire the next section after that is all gardening from inside your apartment on a patio so the shape of the container that you're using Mm -hmm. for uh, growing these individual doing magic with succulents each of these little house plants bringing their own magical energy to your working and it's, it's right there and easy to use, even for somebody who's never been able to keep something alive ever. Uh, I had a friend who used to say that plants came to her for end-of-life services. <laughs> and so even if you've never been able to successfully keep something alive, there's a plant out there that's waiting to work with you. Put it in a star-shaped receptacle to balance out the energies of the different elements in your home. Put it in a circle pot because most pots are circular shaped. And and really bring your life full circle. Mm-hmm. There's an infinite number of things that you can do with this with the magical technology. Mm-hmm. It's just letting yourself step forward and claim your power. Don't don't just say, "Oh, well, like I can't grow anything." Well, maybe you couldn't yesterday, but you keep we going. To and you're gonna figure it out. I'm super
2: super <laughs> excited uh, for your new book to come out. Um, oh, yes. When is the official release date? It was Tuesday. Tuesday. It's Tuesday. Perfect. What? Yeah, it first. is oh, we like it.
0: Perfect. <laughs> we will Thank link gosh. it in our description as well. So people can get to just go straight to it. We can link your other books as well. If you like. Um, oh, this so. Do you want a so secret much? that I just found out today?
2: Yes.
1: <laughs> uh, I haven't, I haven't got to it. I haven't announced it on my page. You guys are, this is a global exclusive mm-hmm. only hair. My next book is already scheduled. It's already (gasps) in the bag. I have already I turned it into my editor on January 1st. The cover is already on Amazon. It'll go up for pre-order, like sneaky sneaky.
0: Sneaky. We're gonna
1: sneaky sneak this. So very sneaky. It's not gonna be until November, November 1st. It'll it'll come out, but we have we have some really fabulous stuff that's that's been in the works for a long time. And I'm really excited to see how this meshes with people's um, understanding and experiences on their own. I'm so excited about that.
0: <laughs> ah! Thank you for sharing that with us.
1: Absolutely.
0: Uh, very excited. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining us on our, on this episode today. Thank um, you so much
1: for having me. This has been just made my whole week.
0: <laughs> I, we're glad. We love talking to you and we loved having you here. We would love to have you back in the future at some point. Hooray! to Talk about like more. But yeah, this has been Books and Broomsticks. I'm Chaotic Witchaunt.
2: I'm Matt Hatter Plays.
0: And I'm Amy Blackthorn. And we'll talk to you guys next week.